Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into Chamber Chat Live here on Facebook with the Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce. My name is Bill Vitiello. I am the Director of Institutional Relationships and the Director of Marketing from the Victory Bank in Limerick. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 26. I'm just kidding. That was for Danielle because I told her I would forget <laughs> what episode we were on. They all seem to run together, which is all good. So, uh, uh, thank you once again for joining us. Um, the president today is out of the office, uh, so we will not be having a from the president's desk as she normally signs off on. Um, I'm sure you'll look forward to getting one of her emails in the near future, uh, but we also have some in-person events uh, that are coming up. Things are starting to reopen. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. We'll get back to networking again. So so Drew, if you wouldn't mind bringing in today's guest, uh, we actually had an attorney from this very same office, from Deshelle Bartle and Dooley, but my guest today is a little bit different specialty. Um, her name is Liz Billy. So Liz, welcome to Chamber Chat Live. How are you? Hi, good, how are you? I'm, do I'm doing great. So I see you're uh, you're in the conference room over there, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, All I right. was telling you earlier, My, I didn't wanna show anyone the dead plants that I have let, you know, during, I think a lot of us can relate to um, having coming back to offices where any plant life was long gone um, for a while now. So I thought that the conference room would be a little bit nicer of a backdrop for the audience. Yeah, I had some uh, uh, succulents that succumbed to the uh, pandemic <laughs> earlier <laughs> this year or, or last year, I should say. So I think all I of us. I was just sitting in there this morning, like, okay, I gotta go to, I gotta go to the plant store. I have to, like, we have to redo this. This is looking really sad. Um, I, you know, I have a really nice window still, usually that I would have shown you, but for the, you know, the lack of greenery at this point. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, for those who aren't familiar with the Shell Bartle and Dooley, can you give us a little bit of a history, please? Sure. So uh, we have three locations. Our main location is in Lansdale, and that was where the firm was started by Mark Deschell. Um, and then uh, there are Frank Bartle, who unfortunately did pass away in November. Uh, another part, and then Jack Dooley are the three part were the three partners of the firm. Um, our our website is right here. So that is uh, what you're seeing right now. That's our team. Uh, unfortunately, minus Frank. So there's we all specialize in different areas of law. So I am I specialize in family law along with Mark Deschall and Ina Mattery. We have lawyers, you had Eric Fry on earlier, he does real estate, we have personal injury, social security, workers comp, civil litigation, um, zoning, estate planning, you name it, but we all specialize in what we do. So we are able to provide our clients with a full service um, practice, but you're maybe working with a few different attorneys that we're able to utilize our expertise for the benefit, the holistic benefit of our clients. So as I said, my, I, I work out of the Lansdale office. Um, we also have a Pottstown office located downtown Pottstown. It's a really beautiful building. Um, and then we also have a location in Boyertown as well, where we have a full-time attorney in that office too. So we are able to meet the needs of, of, prima, of the entire county wherever, wherever you live. Um, and obviously living in this increasingly virtual world that we all learned about, um, we're obviously also available via email and Zoom and phone and, and all of that to to uh, to help anybody with any legal needs that they have. Sure. And I would definitely say, and, and thank you to Drew for uh, pu pulling up your website because it's one of the better websites that I've oh, seen. Thank I, don't, you. I don't know who does that for you, but there's a lot of information on there 
Um, so I would encourage folks, even if they just had some curiosity about your firm, um, to definitely go to the website. Again, I, there's profiles, each one of the attorneys. There's a little bit more of an explanation about each discipline uh, okay. that you guys practice law in. So uh, so it's a it's a good place to visit. Um, so so let's so let's get to what you want to talk about today. Okay. Um, and, and it's interesting when I receive this information, I'm I'm thinking to myself, well, that's that's not really a topic that I think we've ever talked about on Chamber Chat for one. And then two, I don't know if it's a topic that people really even want to talk about or explore. Um, and we're going to talk about prenuptial agreements. Okay. And before, as an audience, before mm -hmm. you may tune out of this episode, I would encourage you to just listen because um, Liz did provide some talking points of what she wanted to go over here. And I think there's information in here that even if you don't have a prenuptial agreement, um, it, there's going to be some information points in here for you that um, just may inform you a little bit better for the future as well. So, um, so Liz, I'll kind of turn it over to you. Did I describe that okay? Was that? <laughs> you did. Um, it's funny. I, I was I was thinking recently as the world is opening up, and you mentioned that in your intro about how there's more in-person events. There's also more weddings happening. I've had just anecdotally, um, I my prenup. You know, people have more have been coming for prenups. I've had friends who've gotten engaged planning weddings. Now that in-person events like that can happen, so. I did think it was a, it's timely seasonally. Uh, it's also timely because we are seeing a rise in prenups for various reasons and, and we'll get into that today. I also thought about, okay, well, what would chamber members, not just, they may say, I'm already married. I don't have a prenup. I'm not planning on divorcing my spouse. How is this relevant to me? And, or I am planning on getting married, but I don't think I have anything that's worth having a prenup. The answer to that is no, and we'll talk about that too. And then also because we are, you know, businesses and perhaps business owners are, are on the going to be on the live or on the on the replay. I wanted to specifically gear to it also for business owners and why it's relevant and helpful for a business owner to have a prenup. And then finally, um, people think of prenups, they just think of divorce, but it's also an estate planning tool. And then, so you don't have to be thinking about, oh, I'm going to divorce my spouse and how unromantic it is to get a prenup. I was already thinking that there's going to be an end, which is usually what I hear from people. You can also use it as an estate planning tool, particularly for people that are in a second marriage situation and have children from their first marriage. And we'll get into that today as well. So it is more relevant to people than they think. Also, maybe it's not relevant to you and your spouse, but if you've got kids who are, you know, getting you know in a marriage age or contemplating getting married either now or even 10 years from now, this information could be helpful to impart upon them as they go off on their journey, you know, with a new spouse. So it really is more relevant to more people than I think people realize that it is. And yeah. so that was how I wanted to tailor this conversation today, um, you know, speaking to an audience who may be reluctant to see how or are not sure how this would apply to them. I'm like, yes, it does apply to you. And we can, and we'll talk about that today. Yeah. And, and you make a good point about the estate planning, you know, as a, as a banker, you know, I see estate accounts all the time and, you know, it's just one of those things where emotions are still pretty raw mm -hmm. and the family's still trying to get things together. And with the lack of a plan, it just makes things that much more difficult. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing what you have to say about that. So, yeah, so it's, right, so it's, it's been interesting. Um, I've come to the estate planning angle more and more recently. 
Um, as I think, you know, second marriages are a little bit more common um, as, the, you know, it, just in society, the estate planning piece has gotten more relevant to my discussions with my clients than, than I think it even did even a couple of years ago. Maybe just people are more, they're looking at that angle. And I'm also looking at that angle even more. Mm -hmm. So are you also hearing, and maybe this isn't the place to ask the question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Sure. Um, I read an article or saw a program on this uh, topic of gray divorce. Yeah, right? mm -hmm. so, very so, much so. so do you want to describe that or you want me to? Or? Sure. No, I can describe it. So gray divorces are definitely, I want to say that that term probably came about about five years ago. I started seeing a lot of um, articles, probably similar to the one that you read about what a gray divorce. I also, even our, our you know, the legal uh, industry were providing with more seminars about a gray divorce. So a gray divorce is, is people that are getting divorced generally over the age of 50, gray, you know, gray hair. Um, or no and, hair. And that is, or no hair um, <laughs> or less hair, right? So that is what the um, gray divorce is really speaking to an older person getting divorced. Generally, they're perhaps close to retirement age or even at have already retired. Their children are grown. There is not the custody and the child support issues. Their children are emancipated. So we're really dealing with, it's a, it's a different dynamic in the divorce discussions, whereas maybe a younger couple would be concerned about college, um, you know, they're getting their, the custody issues with their children where the kids are going to go to school and they're less worried about their retirement, whereas in people in gray divorces, and you're going to see this a lot in uh, the financial industry is, when we do a, you know, we do a, a divorce of an older couple, they're worried about their social security benefits, their retirement. How much retirement am I going to be left with when the, the assets are distributed? Um, you know, coming up with a financial plan for the end of their life. Health concerns are often more relevant than in us in the people who are younger getting divorced. Um, what kind of do I, you know, what kind of insurances do I need? What's my medical insurance situation? So. Um, the gray divorce is definitely it's on the rise. I have seen statistics about you know how they've they've increased, um, and I think you often see you know people all the kids have grown they've gone off to college and now we're you know we're people are turning to each other and do we still want to be in this relationship or do or do we want to go our separate ways and that's often when you when you see a gray divorce particularly. Yeah. And see, it's, it's interesting already. We've been on the air 11 minutes and you can see the value that Liz and her team can provide. <laughs> you can tell <laughs> that, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, they do it quite a bit. Uh, so the knowledge level is pretty high. Um, yeah, you know, and I yeah. can tell you as, as you go through <laughs> life, too, as you go through life too, you, you think you, um, as an individual or as a couple, you think you gain a lot of knowledge along the way, right? The older you get, the, the smarter, the smarter you get, but mm -hmm. you can't know everything. And that's why somebody like you is there to give advice. And I always tell clients, you know, people have a lot, you can make many jokes about lawyers, many jokes about divorce lawyers. And, and my philosophy is that um, getting divorced, the biggest fear is the fear of the unknown, fear of the unknown of your, your money. That's why a prenup can help give you some, take out some of that fear. However, if you don't have a prenup, you know, the fear of the unknown, what assets am I going to receive? What's my income situation going to be? Where am I going to live? Where are my kids going to live? And we here, our philosophy is that we are trying to take out the fear of the unknown as much as we can. Now, we can't get rid of it all, um, but we can take it out by providing you uh, and our clients with this kind of information as much as we can. 
um, and leave leave your problem at our doorstep, and and we can we can take care of it for you, and give you and at least empower you with the knowledge of what is going to happen to you. Um, and I find you know we had a client um, recently just say, I just feel like I can leave my problem with you and relax now. And that's our goal, even if it's not going to, you know, everyone wants 100% of the assets and maybe a pink unicorn. Well, I can't necessarily get you that, but I can at least take away the, 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 you know, the unknown um, feeling out of the equation for you. Yeah, absolutely. And Liz, just to let you know, I think your, your Wi-Fi signal may be a little bit weak, but we can still hear you very well. Okay, so good. Okay. We'll, just, we'll keep proceeding. Uh, the folks that are watching, we would encourage you, if you have any comments or any questions for Liz while she's live here, please go ahead and message us on uh, Facebook so we can answer them live for you. For those uh, who are going to watch this recorded, syndicated across all the channels that we distribute to, we will provide Liz's contact information. So you can reach out to her if you have any questions uh, as well. So, all right. So, uh, so go ahead and continue. I know you had a lot of talking points here. So, <laughs> yeah. So I have a lot for prenups. Um, if we don't get to them all today, you know, there's some kind of fun topics at the end that I think people that are kind of more newer things in prenups. Um, so we don't get to those. They're not as, as important. They're very hyper specific, but I thought they were just fun. So if we got them, we could get to them. Um, things like pets, pet nuptial agreements. I have, two dogs myself and okay. you know that's kind of a fun topic but we can get, get to that's that's not necessarily what everybody needs to know but if we got have time we'll talk about those um so the first is and we kind of i kind of talked to you about it before is well you know why are we talking about prenups um and we are definitely seeing a rise in prenups um the the hook is the, the millennial generation is more willing to get a prenup than our parents and our parents parents um, and, and why is that? Well, I think um, millennials, as the statistics show, are getting married later in life. So they have stuff. They have 401ks. They may even own a home. Um, they have sizable bank accounts. Maybe they have stock from their employer. You know, when people were getting married at 20, 21, 22, they didn't have those things yet. Now people are getting married, you know, 30s plus, and they've, they've collected some assets. And so they want to keep what was theirs, theirs, and, you know, perhaps, you know, don't want to share, share their stuff. And so when you have things, you think about, well, I've worked for it. What's my, I had a financial plan for myself. Now I'm getting married. And so I want to preserve what I had as my financial plan. Also, as we talked about before, there's a lot of second marriages now, the great divorce. A lot of people are getting married later in life a second, third time. Um, a lot of those people are very scarred by the divorce process. And I understand that they do not want to pay someone like me again, another college education cost. Um, and, and they don't want to go through the emotional trauma of a divorce. So and so and they also, again, have stuff have when I say stuff, I mean, large, you know, assets, financial assets, that they want to preserve for themselves because they fought for them in their first divorce. And they also want to preserve them for their children who are from that first, you know, first or second marriage. And also that's oftentimes when people are getting married a second time, they're both getting married for a second time. They both have kids and they want to outline what's going to happen in estate planning. What's going to happen if we get divorced so that my children are protected. And I'm also protected from the, from the trauma of going through a second litigious uh, divorce process. 
And then third, a lot of people say, well, I don't have anything. So why do I need a prenup? And I say, you still do because you might have stuff someday. Right. <laughs> you know, I, for example, like I've got clients who are in medical school or they're starting a business and there's going to be something there, hopefully. And so they think, well, I have nothing right now. I just have student loan debt. I, I don't have a bank account. But you can also plan for those anticipated assets in your prenup. So no one is too poor for a prenup. I mean, people think that all the time that they're only for the wealthy, only, you know, the Kim Kardashians, the Kanye West, the Jennifer Lopez's, you know, the, uh, of the world get prenups. But it's just simply not true. I've, I've done prenups for people with all different kinds of asset portfolios. So it is really for everybody. And it can, I always, it's, I, it's kind of a joke, but it's a lot easier to negotiate money when you like somebody than when you don't. And you <laughs> like true. them now because you're getting married. So let's have those tough conversations now. And, and so everyone thinks out in the open so that when you guys don't like each other, maybe as much at the end, you're not going through that emotional trauma uh, of having to have those negotiations where they would maybe go also go a different way. So that's always, you know, kind of how I always try to, you know, tell people or encourage people to get prenups for that reason um, is that it's a lot, it's a lot different of a negotiation than at the end, at the end when often is when people see me. So, um, so you're, I was just going to do a quick comment. You're right about emotions, right? Cause they could either be really high, you know, good, everybody's in love and, and then it could be completely opposite. And you're right. You don't want situations to be necessarily emotionally driven. Um, exactly. And also what often I see happen, I call it divorce amnesia. And some people will agree, oh, that, that's mine. You will never have to share in that. Or that, I, I, you know, or yes, I'll put that house in joint names, or I'm going to put your name on that bank account. And then it doesn't, and they never put that in writing. They don't do any kind of, you know, and, and, and why would you? You shouldn't live, I always say, you should not live your marriage, you know, thinking you're going to get divorced. You shouldn't live like that. But people will pro make promises to one another, financial promises during the marriage, and then when they're divorced, it's divorce amnesia. I never said that. Mm. Well, prenup can get rid of that. You can put all those things in a prenup and you can lay, you can have your basic, again, I'm not saying how you're going to pay your water bill. Don't put that in a prenup, right. but it puts the big stuff in a prenup. And then you don't have to worry about at the end. Oh, well, he promised me. Well, it's not, you know, I got someone saying that to me. They promised I wouldn't have to pay for that debt. Well, they're not saying that now. It's not the law, you're gonna share in it and people aren't happy. So that's why I think if you lay your cards out at the beginning of the of the marriage, you're just better off. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention to people, which I've seen as kind of a, a I think I don't think people think about as a, as, a, as a lovely byproduct of getting a prenup is I've seen clients have really frank conversations about money that they didn't have and probably wouldn't have had if they got a prenup. They talk about their credit scores. They know what each other's assets are and debt. And a lot of people, they hide that stuff. In a prenup, you can't hide those things. It's full disclosure. That's the law. And so they have conversations about how they want to pay their bills, where they see themselves living. Do we want to buy a different house? They're having those conversations now before they get married and getting those, those things out, out of the way and not three years into the marriage. Oh, I didn't know you had $50,000 in credit card debt. And now we've got the the trust issues and besides the financial issues. And so I have seen that uh, as an, you know, an, as a lovely byproduct of, of actually the prenup negotiations. 
um, is those people having those really good financial conversations that a couple should be having, even if they were, you know, with prenup or not. No, communication is so important. And this is, this goes yeah. right along with it, you know, not only during a marriage, but prior, you know, and, and as you're getting married too, communication is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, okay. What else, uh, what else do you have there? I almost keep going there. It's everything great. Good. So, so let's just talk about what a basic prenup, what is a prenuptial agreement? I think a lot of people hear it on the news again, Hollywood here, what's actually a prenuptial agreement. So a prenup, I'll be using it is a exactly what it says. It's a it's an agreement that's signed prenuptial, so before the marriage. If you do not get married and you have a prenuptial agreement, the it's it's void. It's 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 a contract. It's an agreement, but it's think of it as a contract that you would sign. You're entering into a contract with your future spouse that in the event of a divorce or death, certain assets and liabilities are going to be divided a certain way. So that's basic what a basic prenup is. Um, just to let people know the common misconception, child custody cannot be included in a prenuptial agreement in, in Pennsylvania, for sure, and probably most states. Uh, child support also cannot um, be contemplated. A lot of people think, particularly custody, oh, I'll put in there how we're going to have, you know, who's going to have custody of our kids. That, that's, you can't do that. Um, it's, the court has the right to make decisions regarding you know, the best interests of the child. You can't take that away. You know, you don't. You can't take someone's right to to make, petition a court for that to, for them to make that decision in a prenuptial agreement. So it's really outlining in the event that we're gonna get that we get divorced or one of us passes away, how we're gonna to distribute our property. That's what most people. It's mostly about property, less about liabilities. Um. There are certain things that you need, just like any contract. Uh, if any of you, you know, obviously a lot of you on here are business owners working in, in corporate uh, settings. You're used to contracts. It's, it's think of it as a contract. Uh, there needs to be consideration. There needs to be a meeting of the minds, and it needs you know, obviously needs to be signed. There's also certain things that need to be in a in a prenuptial agreement to make it a valid prenup. Um, certain contract provisions. That's one of the reasons, and I think I was going to touch on it a little bit later, I'll touch on it now, is a really important reason to have a lawyer prepare your prenup. Because if you prepare it yourself off of, you know, legal Zoom or one of these other online or just trying to do it yourself, you may not include those relevant language that needs to make it a valid prenup. And then if you tried to go to enforce it at a divorce or death and it's not valid, you just wasted your money and you wasted your time. Um, the most important thing in Pennsylvania um, is full disclosure of your assets and liabilities. So what does that mean? That's, that's, is that you have to tell your spouse what you got and how much you make, or your future spouse, I should say. So you have to list all, you think of it as a financial statement that you would fill out for a bank loan. Mm -hmm. um, kind of how I describe it to people. It's what are your assets? How much is your, you know, what's your, do you have a mortgage? Do you have credit card debt? Do you have student loans? Do you own a home? What's the value of the home? Now we don't have to go out and get a lot of appraisals. Um, a Zillow, you know, value can work uh, as long as there's as best of you can to disclose what your assets and liabilities are. Um, and, and both parties need to do that, not just the one with the with with the money, the the moneyed spouse. If there's one who's if it's if it's um, inequity, you know, disproportionate, both parties need to disclose their financial statement. 
I also always suggest to have your tax return attached as well so that the income, that's a way to disclose your income because income is also a consideration when, you know, how you agree to divide your assets and also whether or not you're waiving your, waiving your right to any kind of spousal support, alimony, um, and, and that is also can be included in a prenup, prenuptial agreement. So that's the basics. Um, in Pennsylvania, just to let you know, again, I'm trying to deal with the myths of the common of a, you know, the non-lawyers out there is that someone handing you a prenuptial agreement on the day of your wedding and you signing it is not a reason to say it's not valid. Um, someone saying, if you don't sign this, I won't marry you and you sign it anyways, that's not a, a reason to have it declared invalid. Um, it, the, a lot of there's there was been case law mostly in the 80s and 90s about that and it really comes down to whether or not there was full disclosure and or if there was something that was supposed to be done in the agreement and it wasn't done a material thing you agreed to could also be a reason to say a prenup is invalid obviously our goal here is to have a valid prenup otherwise again you wasted your money um, and that's why I think it's so important for clients to hire an attorney, uh, to consult with an attorney to prepare the prenuptial agreement, because if you don't do it right, and then you think it's valid, and it ultimately is not, then you're just back to having, you know, you're going through the litigation as if it didn't exist. And maybe you you made certain dis financial decisions based on that prenuptial agreement being valid, now it's not valid. And now, you know, you're financially um, and it's a legal term screwed, um, yeah. you know, or you feel you're screwed. So, so that is, um, that's what a basic, the basics of a prenup are. Um, also one reason, you know, again, we've got some, maybe have some business owners who are listening or will listen. Um, so that's often a reason why people want a prenuptial agreement. They're in a family business, either they're, you know, as a, as a shareholder in a family business, they want to, make sure that their spouse cannot attack their ownership interest in that family business. And so that is often a reason I see prenuptial agreements, sometimes the parents of a younger couple or the, or the um, person who is the, the shareholder um, wants it. Um, and so that also is something to let's make sure that we have the right information in a prenuptial agreement. Um, for a business owner, you know, what do we have value for the business or for your in, in, uh, interest in the business if it's not a whole, you know, a, a fractional interest, um, making sure that that's in the prenuptial agreement. Are there valuations? Is there a tax return for the business that we can attach? Um, making sure that it's really clear what your interest is in the prenuptial agreement because business valuations, I will tell you on the divorce side are very expensive and they are usually a reason why a divorce can be delayed for a number of years because we're going through the valuation process. So for any business owners out there, even if you're starting out in a business, startups are big now, um, even if you're, you think your startup, I hope, you know, you hope all of them get off the ground and some don't, but if you have a startup, even if it's worth nothing now, you can carve it out in your prenup. So that's why I'm saying, if you don't have anything, you might have something someday. You never know that right. startup could be the next Facebook and let's have a prenuptial agreement that preserves what you created before you were married. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I was gonna say you're right. Uh, I'm hoping this is the next like a uh, Joe Rogan type podcast, and somebody's yeah, gonna there you go. Me yeah. and, uh, I'm gonna be sitting on millions, but right, um, you never I, you know. know. Yeah. You're right. You never know. You're absolutely right. And I feel like this could be like a multi-part um, episode, Liz. You've been really, really informative. So, but we do have a few moments left. Okay. Um, so did you want to touch on uh, maybe one of the new topics? And sure. uh, so, I would encourage folks to reach out to you afterwards. Sure. So um, kind of going off of the business owner one. So the pet, pets are, are, I'm a dog owner. Anyone's been on my Facebook page for two seconds. I love dogs. Um, so just with pets, you can, if you have pets, you can say how they're, they're actually property. They think of them as children, but they're actually a property. They can be included in a prenuptial agreement. But what I'd rather focus on for the, for the business owners out there is, and, and the people who would like to be business owners is think about, um, intellectual property, coding, uh, blogs, vlogs, um, if your own domain websites, even if you're not, you know, you don't have a blog, but you own website domains, those are all assets. Again, may not be worth a lot today, but you want to include them in your prenuptial agreement. But it's also making sure, okay, what information do I need to include? You want to include, you know, the name of the blog, the name of the um, the domains that you own very specifically. If there, if you have a business that owns those entities and the business is being named and maybe you attach a tax return or you know if it's a schedule c you attach that um really even if you think it may not be worth anything it's better to preserve it in your prenup but i have this app idea and i've done this much with it as much as you can be as detailed as you can in your prenup because if you're not and what you've done up to the marriage um, for that app, if you've done everything and you're just waiting for, you know, a trademark or you're just, you know, detail that so that you can preserve it as an asset. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think people, again, these are things that may not have a value now, but they may have a value someday. And I think these are newer assets that we're seeing in the age of virtual reality. And so I don't think a lot of people, not a lot of people are going to have them, but when you do, you want to make sure that you're preserving them. Um, so, and also actually another last topic is embryos as well. Um, if you have embryos, frozen embryos from before your marriage, those are actually also, you can actually also include those in a prenuptial agreement and what would happen to those prenups in the, or sorry, those frozen embryos in the event of a divorce, um, which that's a very hot topic in, in, um, in, uh, child planning, family planning. Um, it has been litigated a little bit in the divorce section as well. And a prenup could also touch on those, those issues. So those are some sort of the hot topics in prenups um, that I think are I think are interesting. Um, and, you know, again, there are smaller topics may not be relevant for everybody, but you just never know. Um, and, and so those are, again, other reasons to get a prenuptial agreement or to deal with those emerging assets. Yeah. And, and there's, again, there's so many different talking points and so many different scenarios here. I mean, I know you could probably go on, I'm, you know, I'm looking at even more items on your, uh, oh, yeah. here, so. <laughs> but, but we, this has been wildly informative. Um, you know, thank we're you. trying to, thank in you the season, you're welcome. It's our pleasure. And thank you for being on, um, you know, in this season of chamber chat, we're trying to provide a little bit more value through education. Um, mm -hmm. so this is, um, this is great that you're coming in at this time. 
uh, talking about a very important topic. So thank, thank you. you so and I much. will also say if anybody else has, if you have more information about prenups, I do, we do have a couple articles on our website that also uh, some of this information is in there, but there's some additional information as well. So, and obviously again, like, you know, reach out to me if you have any specific questions. Yeah, we will put your contact information in the Great. comments for the uh, Facebook post there. So Liz, Billy's, thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. We greatly appreciate it. And I hope to meet you in person sometime Yeah, that would be lovely, actually. (laughs) It's like, it's interesting. You see people on Zoom and you're like, I haven't seen you for a year now. So yes, it'd be lovely to actually meet in person and and we can talk about things, prenups or anything else. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. I saw saw somebody last week and I go, you have a face. Because all the other times I'd seen them, they had had the mask on. I'm like, oh, you do have a mouth and nose. and Yeah. But you thank you so forget. much. I saw a friend the other day of say, I like, I haven't seen you in person for a year and a half. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much again for being a guest today. You're very Folks, welcome. Thank-, thank you. Folks, thanks for tuning into this episode of Chamber Chat Live with the Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce. My name is Bill Vitiello. I'm the Director of Institutional Relationships and the Director of Marketing for the Victory Bank. And until we connect again, all my best. Bye for now. <laughs>